Welcome, my aspiring investors. I'm Maxwell Nidick on the Aspiring Investor Podcast. Now, unfortunately, I'm going to have to keep this pretty short today because of my two upcoming AP Economics tests. But today we're going to be talking about brokerages and how they make money, how they work, and which ones you should likely go for. Now, starting off with just choosing a brokerage, it differs a lot depending on what you want to do. If you're just kind of going to casually throw some money in, not really put a lot of time into looking over all all your investments and like checking how much money you're making every day, you could probably go with something like Robinhood or Weeble. Now, I would say go with Weeble instead of Robinhood because the past couple months have shown us that Robinhood does not have a large amount of uh, loyalty to its customers and has been failing in peak trading times, like the servers are going down, stuff like that. But Webull was also a free zero commission trading platform. And that gets us into a next thing, commissions. That is how brokerages used to make money. They used to make it off of commissions. You pay them the amount for whatever stock and they would take an extra bit in order to pay themselves. So if they had a 5% commission and the stock was $100, they charge you $105 and they take that extra $5 that's commission. Now, recently, and by recently, I mean like in the past decade, everyone has switched to zero commission trading. This started off by Charles Schwab and Robin Hood having zero commission trading. And once they got rid of commissions, everyone else kind of had to follow suit in order to not be thrown aside because they were actually charging people. So now everyone is zero commission. But then that asks the question, if they're not charging commission, how are they making money? Well, when you buy a stock on a brokerage, let's just say Charles Schwab, they don't set they don't put that uh buy through themselves. What they do is they send that order to what is effectively a wholesaler. These wholesalers are kind of like I wouldn't say private markets, but markets that are only accessible through another brokerage. And this is called payment for order flow. So when you buy a stock on a brokerage, that stock request is then sent to a wholesaler and that is payment for order flow. And the brokerages get paid by the wholesaler in order to have stock sent to them. So every time Charles Schwab sends their their wholesaler a stock, they get like five bucks or something like that. But how do these wholesalers make the money? Because we have to be making money somewhere in this chain. And that's the wholesalers. They're the first ones that make money off of it. So if you were to buy a stock at hundred bucks, you put it through the brokerage, brokerage sends it to the wholesaler, which then pays the brokerage a bit of money, but the brokerage makes their money off of that and that's it. But the wholesaler 
makes their money by finding a bid for the stock at a lower than asking price. So if you bought a stock at 100, the wholesaler is able to find it at something like 90. Well, they're not going to only charge you 90 bucks. They're going to charge you the 100 bucks and that extra $10, they're going to pocket it themselves and use that to pay all their expenses. But they can also do something else, which isn't as common for them to do, but they still do it sometimes. They will take that extra $10 and add it to reserves or like coffers basically in order to buy stocks that are higher than the brokerage's asking price. So if you want a stock for a hundred bucks, but they can only find one for $5, they're going to take that $5 out of their reserves and use that to buy the stock. Now the payment for order flow method has seen a bit of controversy. Some people say that it helps a more competitive market, makes it easier for trades to be transacted and it helps customers as well by making it easier, just removes friction in buying and selling. While other people say it's a bit sketchy that the public doesn't have extreme ease of access to these hidden markets, I guess would be a way of saying it, but not as easily accessible as just looking up like the stock price or something like that. But moving on, now we're going to go to which brokerage you should pick as your well brokerage. Like I said, if you're pretty casual trading, uh, something like Robinhood or Webull is pretty good. Robinhood does have a lot of access for crypto, but if you do want to do a lot of crypto trading, Coinbase is a dedicated crypto trading platform. And there are a couple other dedicated crypto trading platforms as well. But if you're looking for long-term investing, well then you're going to want to pick something a bit more mainstream and a bit more backed by physical assets like a location. You can look at stuff like Charles Schwab's pretty big one, E-Trade. Uh, you're also looking at something like Ally Trading, Fidelity Invest in Investments, and Vanguard as another one too. So those are basically the pretty big investment brokerages. And picking which one is going to be a lot more personal to you, uh, their platform, how they work. You've got kind of want to have to see that for yourself and a lot of these places have physical stores as well unlike Robinhood or Coinbase so you could probably go in set up an appointment and they can really specialize your account and your broke and your relationship with that brokerage so yeah that's brokerages they're pretty basic the people that get you to the stock market would be one way of saying it you give them money they give you stocks that's just about it Thanks for listening in this week on the Aspiring Investor Podcast. Make sure you follow the Aspiring Investor Podcast on Instagram to stay up to date on new episodes and to vote on new topics.